The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hi everyone, this is Sean. Uh, welcome to the uh, latest episode of Fitness Reborn. I am the owner of Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And in this episode, I have another guest. This is my second guest. My guest today is Natalie Feynman. She is a weight loss and mental fitness coach. And she is going to be on this program to talk about all the things being healthy and losing weight and getting stronger and just getting better. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And thank yeah. you again for suffering through the technical difficulties at the beginning. No worries. All right. So let's just start from the very beginning, okay? So just, um, I, I'm assuming I know nothing about you. Like I just met you a second ago. Okay. okay. I didn't look over your profile, your website, nothing. All right, so go ahead and let's start with your background. What got us here today? Oh boy, that's a long story. So um, I, I think, like a lot of people, I struggle with my weight for most of my life. And I, I reached 240 pounds as my heaviest. And I had struggled with one failed diet after another after another. And, you know, I, I would lose weight temporarily, and then I would just hit this point of just misery and rebellion. I think a lot of people kind of get to that point where it's just, it's too much work, it's not sustainable, and they're just so focused on what they're missing out on that you get to the point where you just tell yourself, I would just rather be fat and happy. And so I kept bouncing up and down. Um, I had, uh, at the peak of my desperation, I actually had weight loss surgery. I lost 75 pounds, and then I gained every last bit of that back. And when I, what I realized when that happened was that the problem was not in my stomach, it was in my head. So back in 2019, I, I accidentally stumbled across a, uh, a life coach who's, who worked with women to help them lose weight. And what she taught me really clicked for the first time in my life, changing my mindset and just learning all the ways that I was sabotaging myself and setting myself up for failure. It finally just all made sense to me. And over the following 18 months, I lost 85 pounds. And it was amazing to me that number one, it was easy. It wasn't a struggle. Number two, the side effects of, of, the work that I was doing with the coach actually made me a calmer, happier person. I was less stressed out. I became optimistic about my future for the first time in probably 30 years. And I just became, all my relationships got better. I just became such a, a calmer, happier person. And the weight loss was actually a side effect of that. And in hindsight, I, I realized that really the, the most important ingredient I think to sustainable weight loss is getting on top of the, that negative self-image that a lot of people carry around with them myself included learning to be happy and learning to be content with with the life that you are building for yourself the, that alleviates so much of the negativity that, that we eat over to make ourselves feel better so the 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 I think the point underneath all that is that when when we gain weight, 
most of the time, it's not because we're always hungry. It's because there is an emotional need and we are trying to comfort ourselves with food. Absolutely agree. Okay, okay. So you say you stumble across the life coach. So just kind of going about your life and then mm-hmm. what you saw an advertisement somewhere i was scrolling facebook and i passed a <laughs> video of this lady and it looked like she was really upset about something i had the sound turned off and yeah. I, I just clicked on it to see what she was talking about and i i watched her for like 30 minutes everything she said just makes so much sense because it was like she had been living in my life she knew exactly what I was struggling with. She knew all the negative, painful thoughts I had been carrying around about myself. And I just, I wanted to hear more. So I joined her group. And the more I learned how to dig into my own thoughts and how to redirect myself in a more positive direction, the easier and easier it got. And the more insights I started to have. And it just, it flowed so naturally from there. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so what exactly did this woman do for you that kind of just opened up your your whole world and changed your life? I think probably the most important thing is realizing that we have to take responsibility for our own thoughts and our own emotions. I hear so many times people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight, but my family keeps ordering pizza every Friday night. How am I supposed to lose weight when they won't cooperate? And, you know, realizing that other people are not responsible to change their behavior so that you can have success. It, they they can do what they want, but so can you. You know, sure. just, just because there's pizza in the house and that's what my family's eating doesn't mean that's what I have to eat. My family doesn't have to go on a diet so that I can lose weight. And, you know, not blaming other people for my setbacks not expecting other people to change their behavior, just you know, fully realizing that I have responsibility. It's my choice. And because it's my choice, I can't tell myself a story about how miserable I am and how much it sucks and how hard it is and what a struggle it is. I'm choosing whatever I'm doing. It's my choice. And it's also my responsibility to find a way to think about it so that it's a positive experience for me, so that I'm not dragging myself through a miserable struggle, because if that's what's happening, it's only a matter of time before I get discouraged and want to quit. Right, right, exactly. And that's more or less the message I communicate to my own mm-hmm. clients. Is yeah. That you, have no, you have no power over anyone else. Exactly. You only, you only can control your own actions here. And... The more you accept that, the easier it gets. Yep. Because then you realize, well, you have all the power in the world to do what you want. Absolutely. Or not do what you want. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I identify that. 100%. Completely. You know, people always say change is hard. Change is not hard. Our resistance to change is what makes it hard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly right. So, so you, you, you uh, identify in your profile that you went through quite a bit of emotional trauma and sounds like a pretty hard beginning mm. um, so in terms of your weight so was it was that like was your weight just like the culmination of all the stuff that you had been through and you were just kind of eating away through your troubles I think yeah like a lot of people I I used food to calm myself down when I was stressed out I used food to keep myself company when I was lonely I used food to entertain myself when I was bored. 
it literally, it became my preferred tool to manage all my emotions. If I had something to celebrate, if I had something I was angry about, it was always food. I, I don't have any siblings, and my family moved around so much that I literally had like no stable relationships in my life other than food. And food was always there for me, and food never judged me, and um, it just it just became this this vicious cycle. And eventually, you know, when, when I went through that that traumatic event that you referenced, it really just got dramatically worse from there because I started using my weight as a suit of armor to protect myself from all the things out there in the big bad scary world that might hurt me. And it just, it was my way of physically distancing myself from, from everyone else so that I could just be safe in my little, my little jail cell of fat. And uh, right. that's, I, I didn't realize for so many years that I was doing that to myself on, on a subconscious level. And again, through this process that I went through with my weight loss coach, I, I realized I have all the tools that I need. I don't need this weight anymore. And it just, right, it made right. it that much easier for me to just kind of let go of those old maladaptive skills that were just making me miserable. Right, right, right. It's interesting what you noted is that your weight was a suit of armor. Now, most mm -hmm. of the people that I deal with, you know, either professionally or not, you know, they see their weight as their biggest vice. Like, it's not a suit of armor. It's the, you know, it's, it's essentially their ruin, their downfall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's the duality between I use my food for comfort to make me feel better, but then again, when I go out mm -hmm. and I face the world, there's all this after effect that is hanging off of right, me that I don't right. like, and it makes me feel very sub, uh, self-conscious. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of a, that's a weird juxtaposition. It's a common thing, though, because if you think about the way our brains are wired from the caveman days, your your brain is set up to to uh, seek pleasure to avoid discomfort and to take the path of least resistance to do whatever is easiest. And your subconscious brain does not care about consequences. If you are feeling lonely, angry, stressed out, whatever the negative emotion is, you wanna feel better right now. And your subconscious is not at all concerned about consequences. So when you grab the ice cream or the cookies or whatever it is, you feel better for that moment while you're eating it and then you have to deal with the consequences later but it's that moment of relief that that keeps that dopamine hit going that keeps that that habit loop reinforced and right. even when we we realize consciously that what we're doing is counterproductive and it's taking us in the wrong direction we've reinforced that habit so many times that it we feel powerless to stop it right right yeah that primitive part of our brain the amygdala and the uh, the lymphatic system, you know, it it uh, can override so much. And you're, yeah, you're right. The evolutionary process does not it it wants to keep us because we, we come from a time when we had to preserve energy and preserve calories right. and all this stuff. So the easiest way of getting something done was the preferred way of getting mm -hmm. something done. So yeah. When we talk to people about the stuff that we talked about, we're kind of going against the tide of evolution here, and which is why I think so many people struggle with it so much. Exactly. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And the other side of that also is that you can't solve an emotional problem with logic. And when you're eating to soothe your emotions, logically you know this is not going to get you where you want to go, but all you care about is emotionally feeling better in that moment. 
Exactly. So you need you need a better emotional solution for an emotional problem. All right. So you also on your profile you mentioned overgiver syndrome. <laughs> yes. That's your own. That's a term of your own uh, design. Not necessarily. So, I just adopted it because it fits so okay. well. <laughs> okay. So why don't you expand on that? Because I feel like yeah. that's something a lot of people could probably identify oh, to, my especially gosh. women. Oh yeah. Well, well, for the time we're children, we women we're just trained to be givers and caretakers and to put everybody else's needs ahead of what what our needs are. And for me, myself, I went into veterinary medicine, which is a, you know, a caretaking kind of fields. And so I'm constantly, you know, for 24 years, I was in the emergency room. Oh, my gosh. And I, I just for my whole life, I have just reinforced this behavior pattern of always giving everyone else what they need, you know, sacrificing my sleep, sacrificing my days off, sacrificing hours after the end of whatever my shift was for that day so that I could stay late, make sure everybody else was taken care of to the point where I would finish every day exhausted and frustrated and just completely demoralized having saved no time or no energy to take care of myself, and then I would just get up and do it all again the next day. I did this for 30, 35 years, and it, I just realized it, it got to a point where it was no longer sustainable because I was, I was headed to a disaster, a medical or a physical disaster, if I didn't do something different. And so that was another big driver of my decision to pursue life coaching. It's, it's, just, it's such a different type of giving it's it's way more fulfilling and it just I, I feel energized and recharged at the end of the day instead of completely drained. But uh, you know, so how do you how do you how do you approach that with one of your clients? Well, how do you work? With it's them? it's difficult because again, as women, we are just ingrained to give 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 to everybody else, and especially people who have children, women who have kids. There's that mommy guilt. If you take five friggin' minutes for yourself. You're being selfish. That's the, what, what we train ourselves to, to believe. But you can't, you can't keep pouring from a pitcher indefinitely. You have to refill your energy well before you can give to other people. And you, you owe it. If, if you're taking care of children or a spouse or aging parents, you owe it to them to give them the best version of yourself, which is not the exhausted, stressed out, frustrated, burned out version of yourself. Right, right. So taking care of yourself is priority one. Otherwise, you cannot take care of other people to the best of your ability. Absolutely agree too. So again, in my own experience, because I work with a lot of women too, I think actually, you know, as a fitness trainer, I think women probably make the majority of the fitness training client mm. demographic, honestly. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of a big one too, because you get a lot of kind of uh, last minute cancellations, you know, because kid's sick, mm -hmm. kid has this soccer practice, you know, this that or the other. Is something that you know we're talking about married women too. They have a spouse that could maybe pick up some of these things, but no, it always has to fall on them. Right. That's been your experience too. <laughs> Absolutely. We have to do, we have to have a full-time job and then come home and have another full-time job taking care of the house and the kids. And, and we feel guilty asking for help because we think we should be able to do it all. We're not allowed to have a moment of weakness. We're not allowed to have needs of our own. And that's, it's such a self-destructive mindset to have because you are not going to be able to keep that up into your old age. No, 
Not at all. So you mentioned earlier that you had, now as far as you as a fit, as as a uh, coach, you had your own kind of ten pillars mm-hmm. of success that you would work through with somebody that is your client. So mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and walk us through that? Sure. So, Take us through that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So these are the 10 biggest insights that I had while I was losing my 85 pounds. Um, Number one is consistency beats intensity. And I was always coming from the intensity camp. Like when I decided I was going to lose weight, I would decide I was going to eat a thousand calories a day. I was going to work out twice a day. I was going to log everything that went into my mouth. I was going to be so good. And I fried myself. I could keep that up for one week, maybe two. Um, what I didn't realize until until much later was that your weight, the way your body looks, it's the result of your eating habits and your lifestyle choices on a daily basis. It's not what you do for one week or two weeks or four months or however long you think you can keep up that white knuckle intensity. You're way better off doing less and doing it consistently and finding a a flow that just feels easy and sustainable because that you can keep up for the rest of your life. And as you build momentum, as you start feeling better and feeling more energy, then you can start to level up here and there gradually over time, not all at once like what I tried to do. So that's gotcha. that's the first one. Um, second commandment is temporary changes create temporary results. And so that speaks a little bit into what we just talked about. But also when when people say, oh, I'm going to take this weight loss drug or I'm going to use this shake or, or I'm just going to cut out carbs. And if you're not willing or able to keep that up for the rest of your life, whatever weight you lose as a result of that pill or shake or, or cutting out that food group, it's only going to last until you stop doing it. So mm. all diets work until we stop doing them. The thing is, nobody can stand to stay on a restrictive diet forever because it feels miserable. So the eating habits that will be the most effective for permanent weight loss are the ones that you can keep up for the rest of your life. So make it easy and you'll be way more successful. Totally agree. Number three is don't eat diet food. People think that they have to eat food that they don't even like because it's healthy and because it's going to help them lose weight. But it's the same thing. Things like uh, quinoa. Oh, I like quinoa, but you know, if me too, I've heard people if you not tell me a lot. Yeah, no, but if you if you're making yourself eat something that you don't even like because you think it's going to help you lose weight, you are going to be focused on all the things that you're missing out on. You know, and and the thing is, again, what what I started talking about before is that we don't gain weight because we eat fattening food. We gain weight because we eat when we're not hungry, because we are looking for some sort of an emotional crutch, something to make us feel better in the moment. I lost 85 pounds eating all kinds of crap that people would just like say, you can't eat that and lose weight. You know, I I was putting heavy whipping cream in my coffee. I was eating cheesecake twice a week, you know, whatever it was. I didn't give up any of my favorite foods. I just had to give up stuffing myself every night until I had to unbutton my pants. So rule number four is stop beating yourself up. So when something goes wrong, 
we take it like a failure. This is a personal failure. I, I suck. I knew I couldn't do this. And it just creates so much emotional pain. And how do we seek relief from emotional pain? For most of us, we eat. So the more you pay attention to your feelings, if, if you are looking at whatever it is that you're doing to try to lose weight, if you're looking at it as a punishment, you're going to want to resist it and you're going to want to avoid it. Because, again, our brains are hardwired to seek pleasure and ease and comfort and to avoid pain and discomfort. So when something goes wrong, you fall off the wagon, you ate the donut, whatever it was, don't tell yourself a story about what a failure you are and how it's hopeless and I'm just going to be fat forever. Just look at what led to that situation, come up with how you're going to respond next time, and then move on. Because one mistake does not hurt you but a spiral of mistakes will. So when one donut turns into a binge that lasts for two weeks, because what's the point? I already made a mistake. I might as well screw the rest of the day. That's where we do more damage to ourselves. It's just going to take longer for us to recover from. I know for someone like myself too, because you know, my, I've rewired my brain so within such an intense level these days. Like if I stray off of my plan, then I do feel this tinge in the back of my head saying, man, you're going to screw up everything. You better get it together. That kind yeah. Of so I can identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. We are all very quick to judge ourselves. And that, again, that just creates more pain. And then we have to deal with that pain somehow. And for so many of us, that lifelong habit of eating is just going to come right back. Right. So uh, rule number five is don't fail ahead of time. So when you tell yourself a story about what you believe, like I can't lose weight no matter what I do, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because the way we think creates our feelings and our feelings determine what we do and what we do creates our results. So if you already believe that you can't lose weight you will prove yourself right every time because the results that we generate in our life always align with what we already believe to be true. So, right, it's a mental yeah, if you're telling yourself the story about no matter what I do, I can never lose weight and the donuts show up in the break room at work, you're going to be like, well, it's not going to matter anyway. I might as well eat the donut. And so when you eat the donut, you don't lose weight. You just proved your belief true. And that, that brings you just one step closer to getting frustrated and giving up. So tell yourself a better story. Tell yourself that you want to live a long, healthy life, that you don't want your knees to hurt anymore. You know, whatever it is you have to tell yourself to make it a positive experience because you will feel your mood shift when you talk to yourself with positivity and optimism and you don't have to feel like you're dragging yourself through a torture fest anymore. So tell yourself the story that you want to believe, the story that's going to get you to the result that you want. Number six is no victim stories. This kind of builds off the last one. The way that you talk to yourself determines your success or the lack thereof. So, you know, again, when you look at everybody around you eating cookies or eating birthday cake and you're telling yourself this is not fair, I deserve a treat. Everyone else is having some. I should get to have some too. What what kind of feeling does that generate? You know, resentment, FOMO, and then you just want to rebel. And so you're you're really relying on your willpower to get you through moments like that. And willpower is not 
an inexhaustible resource. Willpower is very limited. And when it's gone, you have to build it back up again. So it's like a dam that's holding back the pressure of all your negative emotions all day. And the more pressure you put on it, the closer it is to breaking down. So Mm -hmm. don't say things like, I have to, I have to go to the gym. I have to eat salad for lunch today, you know, whatever it is. Say, I want to. I get to it because that you you are choosing this because you want something better for yourself. It shouldn't be a miserable torture. You know, a victim is somebody who has no choice and no control. That is not the situation that's going to lead you to success. So just realize right. whatever it is that you're doing to get to a healthier lifestyle, you're choosing it, embrace it and enjoy it. Make it fun, make it make it something that you look forward to. Number seven is no blaming other people. We talked about this a little bit already, but no one else has the responsibility to make you successful. You know, I said your, your family doesn't have to go on a diet so you can lose weight. So this really, it disempowers you. If, if you are trying to put the responsibility for your success onto other people, it takes that power away from you. And if they decide that they're not on board, then your plans just went up in flames because you're depending on them to do the right thing so that you can have the perfect environment to be able to achieve the results that you want. So take responsibility for yourself. If no one else wants to go to the gym with you, go anyway. If everyone else wants to order pizza, eat what you had planned to eat and let them have their have their enjoyment. Don't blame them. Don't give them nasty looks. Uh, and there'll be a whole lot less tension in the household. <laughs> right. And I would, I would actually add on to that uh, an addendum saying that when you decide to do that, you decide that no matter what, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, they can go one direction, I'm going another. Be, be prepared for a lonely road. Because you're going to end up probably losing a few people. Because, you know, all these all these folks here, you're, you're trying to get healthy. Yeah. You're trying to get strong. You're trying to drop all this weight. Well, you know, or you're trying to just be successful in business or school mm-hmm. or whatever. You're really trying to just one up your life or level yeah. up in your life. And that means that you're not going to the clubs every yep. Friday. You know, you're not going to the movies. You're not, you know, partying. You know, you are taking things seriously now. You're on a different wavelength. You're on a different mm-hmm. track. And the more you distance yourself from those people, the more, the greater that distance is just going to yeah. get. And it's just going to, you're going to have to find another That drive. is so true. Absolutely. Because, you know, people tell me all the time, I'm afraid that my friends won't want to hang out with me anymore if I can't go drinking with them every Friday. Well, if drinking right. is the only thing that makes you interesting enough for them to want to be friends with, those probably aren't the friends that you want anyway. You know, and they were your friends. They yeah. And the other thing is, you know, I think uh, you've probably heard before that that saying that we are the average of the ten people that we spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. So who who do you want to be influenced by? I would want to be influenced by the people who are already living the kind of lifestyle that I want to be living, not the people that are going to trigger me to go back into old habits. Right. Yeah. You got to find people who are at where you want to be. Or at least are going in that direction already. Yeah. And you want to say, hey, 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 can I come along too? Yeah. 
You know, you want to find them. You want to find them out. These people over here, they're not going yeah. anywhere. Just you're gonna have to let them yeah. be where they want to be. Because I can go hang out with my drinking buddies and tell myself I'm not gonna have a drink, but it's gonna be white knuckle the whole night. I'm gonna feel miserable. I'm gonna feel like I'm missing out. I would really like to be having some. Or I can go hang out with people from the bicycle club and go out on a long bike ride, and I have absolutely no temptation to be drinking. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. But again, it's that, it's that evolutionary mm-hmm. pull, you know, because we're social yep. beings. And, you know, back in way back in the day when we were fighting daily for survival, if you were ousted by your yep. social group, well, you know, there's no power in being right. an individual out there with all these hunters and predators mm-hmm. running around here. You need the yeah. group for safety. So, again, it's the evolutionary. Yep. Uh, That's stuff. why we want to be like everybody else around us. We don't want to be doing anything different. Yeah, but like you said, choose a different tribe. Choose the tribe that's doing what you wish you were doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. No, no, that was great. Perfect. All right, number eight is do not postpone your happiness. You know, people tell themselves, I'll be happy when I lose my weight. When I finally get to 130 pounds, I'll be so happy the world will be perfect. And that's a load of crap. You know, happiness, (laughs) happiness comes from inside you. It's not a function of your environment. It's not a function of who you're with or what you look like. And postponing your happiness until you get to a certain point means that you're going to drag all those negative feelings all the way down the scale with you. And you'll just end up hating yourself in, in a smaller body. You know, there's there's large women who are 100 percent confident in their beauty and there are string bean supermodels that hate themselves and wake up feeling worthless every day. And it's, again, happiness is a choice and being unhappy is one of the biggest drivers for emotional eating. So it is, it is so important to start working on that now at the beginning of your weight loss journey rather than waiting until you get to the finish line because there's no magical happiness switch that just flips itself when you get there. And plus, there's just no reason to wait to be happy. <laughs> no, no, you know, you know, just decide to be happy yeah. now, even if it's for the moment here. I mean, sometimes you really have to just make that mm-hmm. decision that you're just going to be happy. You say, you know what, I'm not going to let it Absolutely. eat it. I'm just going to be happy. Happiness comes from the way you think about yourself and the way you talk to yourself. And that, that takes practice, but it is a choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Number nine is no punishment workouts. So there's no making up for overeating by over-exercising. I tried this for so many years. Like I used to tell myself a story about how, oh, I work out more than three people put together. I should get to eat whatever I want. And that got me all the way to 240 pounds. (laughs) So there's two... No, no, I love that though. But there's there's two reasons why that's so important. Number one, exercise should never be a punishment. Exercise should be something that you enjoy and look forward to. Right. And you know, your body is way too efficient to be fooled by that that kind of jokery. I mean, I I would have to sprint dead dead sprint for ninety minutes on a treadmill, which I cannot do in order to burn the same number of calories that it would take me 10 minutes to eat with a Chick-fil-A deluxe and medium fries. It's just your, your body is way too smart for that. So do exercise because you enjoy it, because you enjoy the effects of it. There's a million reasons to exercise, but making up for overeating is, is not one of them. 
And the last one is, is my favorite, throwing food away is not a sin, despite what your mother told you when you were a child. <laughs> you know, we were all told that we have to clean our plate because there's kids starving in Africa. Um, you know, there, there's no kid in Africa that's going to get a free meal because I decide to overeat. It's That's just not how it works. Um, well, I think, you know, I think... In- with all good intentions, the message here really was, you know, you're getting more in one meal than some kid gets yeah. in a week. So, yeah. you know, be great, be uh, gracious yeah. for it. So I think that it was a well-intentioned message, but yeah, it had ill Yeah, for sure. But honestly, to me, the only waste of food is to carry it around on my hips and thighs 24-7 for the rest of my life because I ate too much. You know, so if I don't want to waste food, I need to learn how to plan my meals for the week and how to not overbuy and how to not have a bunch of food sitting in the refrigerator that I'm going to spend all week going, oh, I got to eat that. It's going to go bad. You know, just there's there's the there's no bigger waste of food than overeating, in my opinion. So my weight loss coach always used to say you can waste it in the trash or you can waste it on your ass. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good one that's that that, that, that yeah yeah memorable (laughs) well that's good that that is a very comprehensive and very very uh, i'll I'll just say very catchy um kind of philosophy you got there is is that the is that the kind of the the overarching philosophy that you have with your clients yeah it it really just comes down to i mean there's there's always the process of weight loss is pretty simple it's just math but it's more than just that it's really you, you have to get your your emotions and your thoughts in line with your goals because until those things are lined up, you're, you're always going to be resisting your own progress. And it really starts with finding a better way to, to talk to yourself, finding a better, a better way to think about yourself. When you are happy with yourself and the life that you're building, you don't need to soothe yourself with food. And food just becomes something that you right. nourish your body with. Right, right, yeah. It becomes mm-hmm. fuel. It becomes a, it becomes yeah. a partner. In your yeah. journey. Yeah, because wow. if I really love myself, I don't want to put a bunch of Cheetos in my body because there's there's no actual food in there. It's all a bunch of toxic chemicals. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to what you said, you know, all things in moderation, you know, sometimes the the ultimate act of love in that moment is to eat those Cheetos. Say, like, okay, that felt that felt good. You know, we're talking about habits right. here. So if it's a if it's a Right. Habitual problem, or if it's habitual for you to wolf right. down Cheetos, then then that's going to cause the problem. It's the same with alcohol. You know, you have three glasses of alcohol mm-hmm. in one week. That's not killer right. in any regard. You know, it's just that you have three glasses right. every night, all week long. Then that's yeah. the problem here. So we're talking about levels exactly. Of yeah, I mean that's what I I told myself every day. Oh, it's a special occasion. There's cookies at work, or there's donuts, or we're ordering pizza after work. But every day there was another mm-hmm. reason why it was a special occasion, and that's I I have to I have to admit to myself that the body that I have is the product of my lifestyle, my eating, and my exercise habits, and there's no. There's no excuse that I can come up with that's going to make that not true. So if I'm not happy with the body that I'm in, then I have to look at my habits and see what am I willing to change. 
Gotcha, gotcha. So as a as a coach, all right, we still are, but I think we are starting to really come out of it. We're uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, which hasn't left us completely. How was that for you as a coach? Did you see a downturn in your business? Did you see um, or was COVID was actually when I took the opportunity to put myself through coach training school. So I, I had really been kind of stuck in a rut with, uh, you know, my career of 30 plus years. I was a veterinarian. I am a veterinarian, but I didn't really feel a lot of excitement and optimism for the future just because of how drained I felt at the end of every day and, and how much energy it took out of me. I knew it wasn't going to be sustainable, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life until I had this experience with my coach and saw how life-changing it was for me and for the other women that were going through the same process. So COVID was really when I had the opportunity to take a step back and say, I have a chance to do something amazing for myself and let me stop making excuses and let me let me do it. But in general, no, I, I understand totally what you mean because COVID put so much stress on people and it just amplified you know everybody's anxiety and again we we compensate for those things trying to make ourselves feel better with food so a lot of people turn to food because of the covid stress and there are all kinds of other triggers yeah. in there too because of the lockdown so you know social isolation, isolation yeah. social distancing became very popular buzzwords mm -hmm. and you heard it absolutely everywhere it was really weird covid 19 when covid 19 hit because the word isolation before then was was deemed a yep. negative term. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something you wanted to be isolated. It was like a punishment. Exactly. But now, with this pandemic going, um, you know, raging across the planet, it's a good thing now to be isolated. Yeah. <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're we're kind of losing the skill of, of connecting with other humans because everything has has just progressed to you know talking to people on a computer. Not that I don't enjoy talking to you on the computer. But you know, it just it just doesn't take the place of a real human Some connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty much. I'm. I mean, I never could stop going to work myself because mm -hmm. I worked in hospitals. Yeah, so I was an essential yeah. employee. Same. Um, so I I always had to go to work. Um, but yeah, uh, there were a lot of things that were yeah. Zoom called now, and you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty burnt out with Zooms. <laughs> I hear you. You know, it's interesting, though. Yeah, One of the yeah. things I, I had kind of noticed in, in my past, but really just put, got put under a magnifying glass during the pandemic, I have always really tied a lot of my identity up in like the things that I'm able to do. Like, for example, I've been I've been a martial artist since I was 14 years old and going to the dojo was just who I was. Yeah, it was it was such a huge part of me. I, when I when I couldn't go to to the dojo, when I couldn't go to taiko class anymore, which has been my obsession for the last five years, when I couldn't do those things anymore, it was like I felt depressed and I felt worthless because those things were who I was, and when they were gone, mm -hmm. my identity went with them. So it really, it took me a lot of soul searching to realize that what I do is not who I am. 
it's it's the personal qualities that I have that make me good at doing those things. That is who I am. So it's my my determination, my my self discipline, my my love of challenging myself. Those things can't be taken away from me, just because COVID shuts everything down. Right. Yeah, I did see in your uh, your profile and your website that you uh, have a fifth degree mm -hmm. black belt. Yep. Correct. Right. So I figured that okay, getting a black belt takes years, let alone yeah. a fifth degree black belt. So that has to have started much earlier than uh, the oh yeah 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 um, career change. So um, have, do you think the being a coach and being a martial artist, a committed martial artist, have kind of complemented one another because both um, or losing you know, 85 pounds because both take a tremendous amount of will and yeah. discipline and martial arts, I do know, does emphasis mm -hmm. personal discipline. You think they kind of very much I think martial arts them? has really built the foundation of who I am. I, I would not be the same person that I am today if I hadn't discovered martial arts when I was a teenager. It has given me so much, not only just discipline, but also like the physical coordination, the situational awareness, the confidence. The first time I picked up somebody that was twice my size and threw him on his ass, I was like, damn straight. That was me, <laughs> you know, I just I really connected with my personal power and learning how to channel that I think has really served me in every area of my life work, life coaching, you know, whatever, whatever it is that I'm doing. Martial arts is always there with me. Yeah, great. Yeah, That's thanks. awesome. That's awesome. OK, so let's say. All right. I sign on as a mm -hmm. client to you. So. Walk me through what you would do. Well, first, I would want to find out what your goals are and what it is that you're struggling with. So if it's, for example, you find yourself sabotaging your, your meal plan every night at 8 o'clock, we want to find out what, what it is that you are actually looking for. Because if you just had dinner and two hours later you're looking for a snack, what you're looking for is not in the kitchen. You're, there's there's something emotionally that is driving you to look for a way to feel better and that's what we need to find out so that we can start finding a better solution it all comes down to your your mindset really is everything and if you're focused on what you're missing out on what you can't have what what feels miserable what feels hard all of those things need to be shifted to when if you if you woke up every day excited about what you were going to do that day, excited about what you got to eat that day because you're eating only the things that you love and knowing that you are doing amazing things for your body, it's not hard to stay on a program because you feel the benefits, you feel excited, you, you feel that love for yourself and that commitment to yourself. So getting people to that point really involves identifying all of the emotional roadblocks that kind of get in our own. We, we get in our own way because we're all stuck in our head and we're all focused on the negatives when it's, I wouldn't say it's an easy shift. It definitely takes practice because as humans, we're just pre-programmed to focus on negative and, and what's hard and what what's missing and what we don't have. Um, if we can learn to shift our thoughts to, to positive, to, to inspiration, to, to being eager to take the next step instead of dreading the next step, 
then it just flows and and all of the obstacles just kind of melt out of the way gotcha yeah yeah Right. So how long do people typically work with you? It really just depends on what it is that they're trying to accomplish. So if, you know, if I'm working with somebody that has a whole lifetime of anxiety and self-hatred, that's not going to be overcome in a couple of sessions. You know, it, and everybody progresses at a different rate. So for me, it was probably a year and a half before I really got it, before I felt like I could continue on my own without the help of a coach. Um, for some people, there's just one little sticking point, and as soon as they figure that out, they're off and running. So it might just be one or two sessions. So it really just like I don't really like to put like time limitations on anything. It's just you know we keep going until we get you where you want to go, or until you have a clear line of sight and there's no more obstacles in front of you, and you feel fully equipped to do it on your own. Gotcha. Is there any particular type of client that usually seeks you out? I know you focus mainly mostly on, on women, women. Yeah, especially um, like women in their middle to uh, to older years, just because I think that's you know about the time when the kids go off on their own and they're they're kind of left at home with like I don't even know who I am anymore because I've spent thirty years you know taking care of my spouse and raising my kids and and now I'm not that person anymore and I don't even know. So that's a lot of times people just kind of have that identity crisis but they also they also right, have the right. time to finally focus on themselves for the first time and so that's that's typically when people right. kind of find their way to me right absolutely absolutely Let's see See. I know that typically a lot of times men go through mm-hmm. that sort of thing too it's not so much when they become empty nesters it's when they they worked at a job Mm-hmm. 35 years and right. now they're retired they thought they were going to look forward to this day maybe the, the thrill of it was awesome for a week but now they're like well, what do i yeah. do with myself you know i don't I, I don't know i like you said i don't know right. who i am anymore i used to go to work at seven in the morning every day now i don't do that I'm yeah lost. that's a common thing <laughs> so is it, is it, uh, yeah is it is it um for the uh, demographic for the uh, demographic you really speak to, is it really something that has re- has really kind of like is there a real need for it? Have you oh seen yeah, like, yeah. Huge need for it's, it. it's you know their their kids are grown and so they're they just they, right. they don't need mommy anymore because mm-hmm. they're off at college. I mean they still maybe do here and there, yeah. but not like they used to. Have you seen that just really kind of a that is a huge issue? I, and again, that's that's almost exactly when uh, the women kind of start looking for for help because you you feel you feel lost you know you've spent 20 30 years defining yourself as a mother and you know somebody that went to to work to to be a nurse at the hospital every day and when you retire when the kids grow up and move away god forbid if your spouse decides that they're going to leave or they pass away you know that happens too and all of a sudden, you're, you don't even remember who you used to be, what you used to love to do, what your dreams and goals used to be, because you just you gave that away to somebody else for decades. And it, it can be really hard, and it can take some time to reconnect with that. Gotcha, gotcha. So, going forward, what's in it for the future of Natalie? I am really doing a lot of work around um, helping people to create stress resilience because who isn't stressed out these days? 
Um, yeah, aren't we all? Yeah, but I've I've been working with a program called Positive Intelligence that has been utterly life changing for me, and it has really taught me a lot of valuable skills and given me a lot of really amazing insights into why my brain works the way it does and why my behaviors have been what they are for my whole life. And I've noticed that, like for for example. Coming, you know, working in the ER, sometimes I would have shifts that would go 18, 20, 22 hours, no sleep, high stress all the time. And I, it used to take me a good two or three days to recover mentally and emotionally to the point where I didn't feel like I was going to have a panic attack at the thought of having to go back to work. Um, I, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a really horrific day at work, kind of on par with what I just described to you. I was recovered by the time I got home, like 15 minutes later, just because of the techniques that I've learned from positive intelligence. So I, I really think that this, this is basic stuff that should be taught to every human being on this planet. And what an what a amazing place this world would be if we all had these, these mental fitness skills to be able to fully take charge of our own emotion and our own experience on this earth. And to be just to be better people, to be able to calm ourselves down before we go spiraling out on these on these um, stress attacks and and yelling at people because you had a bad day. And, and there's just there's so many ways that we that we drive people away from us and create our own obstacles. And being able to see that so clearly for the first time in my life has just really been transformational. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So Natalie, if someone wanted to reach out to you, say they listen to this interview and they say, "This woman is awesome. I want to know more about her." How would they? So that would be my website, which is nolimitscoachingnow.com. Um, there is a huge library of videos. I've been doing a video a week for more than a year now over um, all kinds of topics to help people create better lives for themselves. Um, they can so they can browse the video library they can send me a message they can book a free call with me so that I can just kind of help to get them on the right path and um, if they enjoyed the the talk that we had today there's a series called the Ten Commandments of Weight Loss that they can sign up for that goes into a deeper dive on each of those points that I talked about okay okay well, Natalie, this has been thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having thank you so me. Much. Uh, thanks again for yeah, thanks again for not a problem through the, all the technical difficulties. This this whole not a problem. Trust me, it's happened to me too. So I guess it's good we got those first time yeah. you know bugs cleared out for the future, but. Okay, well, everybody, this is Natalie Feynman. Uh, she is a weight loss mental fitness coach. Um, where are you? Uh, come, where I'm am in I Southeast you Florida, from? Boynton Beach. Southeast Florida, the marvel of technology. I'm in Central <laughs> Iowa here. So. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone who might be listening. This is Sean from Renaissance Fitness. This is the Fitness Reborn podcast. And, um, Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for the next one. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. 
Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.